Megadeth announces James Lobenzo as permanent replacement for David Ellison. Gene Simmons says Kiss makes more money than ever before and stands by his claim that rock is dead. Death Angel is working on new music. And Bill Oferildo joins us to talk about his vacation with Metal Mike to the Big Easy and Memphis, home of the king. Coming up. There is a house in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. And it's been the ruin of many a poor boy. In God, I know I'm one. How are you doing? Introduce our guest. All right, man. Uh, well, Bushy, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, just came back from an epically awesome vacation with this guy, the best co-host besides you that a guy could ever ask for, co-host of the Metal Mike Show, Bill Doferildo, a.k.a. Bill Roseberry, my brother from another mother. How are you doing, Bill? Welcome to the Plug Podcast. 
Thanks for having me, guys. Man, I, I was, you know, glad to finally have a chance to get on here with you guys. Well, it's something we've talked about for a while, and I know a while back you were like, he kind of got pissed at me. Bush, well, Metallica Megadeth. Fuck. his two favorite yeah. bands, and I didn't even think to ask him, man. because I was sitting upstairs, and he walks up, and I was like, what did you guys record tonight? Metallica and Megadeth. And I said, what the fuck? <laughs> and he just kind of looked, oh, I'm sorry, dude. I'm like, seriously. That's well, fucked yeah. up, Metal Mike. It is fucked up. I feel bad. I do. I feel bad, man. But, you know, you, it wouldn't be the first. You just time. hang your head and shave for a few seconds. Oh, well, hey, it happens, man. I hang my head and shave a lot these days. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, Bill, I'm, I'm happy to have you on. Yeah, I mean, Bushy, you, you, you've you vacationed with me a little bit, you know, at Rockin' Pod. I know you, you were, like, Talking about how crazy I am down there. Well, I got I got real crazy on this one. I, I had an itinerary made up. We were going strong. We were doing. We were we were. Uh, it was it was get up, learn, eat, drink, nap, repeat. Nice every day for eleven days. Holy cow! You guys are going to need a vacation after this vacation, right? Well, we did joke around and say that the next vacation we all take as a group, the four of us, we're going to go to some tropical island and just relax, man. <laughs> yeah, my buddy Booby, uh, we played baseball growing up together. He's uh, he's a black dude that looks looks like Marshall Falk. <laughs> anyway, nice, he, nice. we've been friends since we were 11, and he, he looked at me and he goes, next time we're going to Jamaica and we're speech. He goes, that's all we're doing. And I said, sounds good to me, man. Yeah. He's been on he's been on a lot of those trips that are very inclusive where everything's paid for. And he just said, you know, Mike, it's worth it in the long run, man, because you, you, everything's paid for. You don't have to worry about it. You know, like it's all taken care of. And you have plenty of time throughout the year to pay for it before you go on the actual trip. So nice. I was like, sounds cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, it. It looks like you guys had a great time. I cannot wait to get into that. Um, like Metal Mike said, Bill, we, we've been wanting to have you on. I think the Metallica Megadeth thing was definitely a dick move. I would slap him in the back of the head later. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I just didn't think about it because we were just like, let's record, let's record. I'm like, okay. and Okay, what about Metallica Megadeth? It was kind of a and – then, and then when Bill said, what the fuck, dude? I went, oh, man, because that would have been a really good episode. Oh, yeah, unless he chose wrong. We both know that Megadeth's the better band. Bildo, what say you? Ha! No. Metallica 1A, Megadeth 1B. No, I'm not, I'm not going to accept that. I think Metallica was a lot better when Dave fired everybody. <laughs> dude, you have <laughs> beaten that fucking him. joke to death, dude. And I'm going to continue to do it. Oh, Fired everybody. I'm like, it's not the way it happened there, but all right. Well, he's still firing people today. Geez. Still, still, yeah, absolutely. I was just about to say, uh, James Lobenzo has the permanent gig. Um, it, it's interesting because I've never listened to the James Lobenzo records. Did he play on the records or did he just tour? I am not 100% sure about that. Because, Metal Mike, i got to be honest, there was a period where I got lost in the shuffle, too, because Megadeth kept dropping albums. And I just wasn't picking them up. Well, so, well, you know, I tuned out on them because I was like, um, uh, well, you're going to be happy to know. I'm looking right now. Here's the bands that he's played in. 
uh, he is, uh, he was a member of your band, White yeah, Lion. Yeah, yeah, he's White Lion. That's how I know him. Performing with them from 84 to 91, he was later the basis for Black Label Society, slash a Snake Pit, and Megadeth. Oh, nice. He was announced as Megadeth's touring bassist in 2021. Outside of music, he's known for being a contestant on the 21st season of the reality television series, The Amazing Race. Huh. Interesting. Did not know So was that. he on some of those Megadeth albums when Ellefson was gone in the mid-2000s? I think that's yeah, what it uh, was. United yeah. Abominations and Endgame. Okay, and those are good played. albums. United Abomination. Or... What oh, are those? Yeah. Hey, listen to this. This is what he's all on. Some pretty impressive stuff, man. Um, uh, with White Lion, of course, he's on Pride, Big Game, and Main Attraction, which I'm not a big fan of white line but hey talented band pride and glory he was on that nice, was nice. that wild on book of shadows uh, all right mike tramp on capricorn with david lee roth on diamond dave uh with black label society hanover music volume one and mafia which are two great albums yeah megadeth united abominations and endgame and he also played a uh, on the album play my game with tim ripper owens Huh. Uh, he was also with Sweet Lynch, only to rise and unified. So this guy's played with a lot of people, man. Oh hell yeah! And oddly enough, he's he's the featured bassist on the on the coming album because they just got rid of Ellison's bass parts and yeah. Which, which yeah. I, you know what, I really like Dave too, but I think that's shitty. <laughs> it's like yeah. look, he already laid the tracks down. Let the dude get paid. You just go to all he did was wake it off on a video screen, man. I mean, I fuck chicks uglier than. Dave Ellison. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, hey, th I'm, thanks I'm for gonna... leaving me hanging there, guys. <laughs> um, hey, man, that, you said it. Right. We, we, we've all like had to go hog it at one point in our lives. Don't lie. Uh, apparently, you're like your hero, Gene Simmons. Apparently, man, and I've heard this from more than one source, that this book that Gene has with pictures of all the women he fucked, some of them are famous, some of them are hot. Some of them are hot and famous, but apparently there's a lot of um, not very attractive lady. Like Gene will fuck anything with a pulse. He yeah, doesn't. Well, if you, if Ace you, said that if in his you, book. Yeah, in the, I was going to say in one of those books, either Pete's or Ace's, that Gene didn't care. He just wanted it wet. Yeah, he just <laughs> you know is like it was almost like if if Peter and Ace were addicted to drugs, Gene was addicted to sex, man. Well, he admitted and, that that documentary, that latest Kiss documentary. Yeah, um, so yeah, it was uh, it was pretty funny though, man. Uh, so yeah, I guess apparently you're like Gene, dude. I don't know what to tell hey, you. That's cool. That'll lead into our next story. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't realize Lobenzo had played with all those different acts. Um, well, it makes up for him playing with White Lion. Hey, hey, back off! This is going to be the <laughs> shortest guest spot you've ever seen. <laughs> Fucking Ed Call. <laughs> You know, I know what I tell see, you? See, I love you... White Lion, but uh, yeah, the, man, Slash of Snake Pit, I, I love that first album they did. Uh, I think it's called It's Five O'Clock Somewhere. Uh, that, that that was a great album. Um, Pride and Glory, dude, I love that album. Oh, oh that's yeah. That's a great record, yeah. No, that's, that's, yeah, that's I mean, badass. I mean, Book of they, Shadows, I, I, I'm a... Yeah, I've never Shadows, heard it. Man. I've got volume two. Oh, it's fantastic, Bushy. Is it oh, like it volume is. two is all acoustic, basic? Yes. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'll have to check it out then. I'm, I'm almost a Zach Wild nut swainer, to be honest with you. There's not much he's done that I'm like, oh, fuck, that sucks. You know, I mean, everything, even. Everything <laughs> I've heard I like. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, then. So, uh, segueing into Gene Simmons, what is he doing and saying now? Oh, God. <laughs> Isn't he, he, he's, he's kind of become Ted Nugent, Nikki Six. They just got to be in the fucking news, man. <laughs> he's just not happy. He's saying that Kiss is making more money than they ever have. Which is disgusting. If people are buying into this fucking Tommy Thayer thing, and uh, now, and I like these two guys, I have seen them once. You know, that was Nevaeh's first Kiss concert because, but I saw Asa Peter twice in makeup. But really, making okay. more money than ever before. Well, you got to look at it from this perspective, though, Bush. Did they have Kiss cruises back in the seventies well, that charged yeah. God knows how much money? Personal appearances or personal meet and greets? Did they do any of that in the seventies? I don't think they did. So, no. and, you know, you got to understand, Kiss has a lot of hard fans. I, I don't. I shouldn't. That's cruel. I shouldn't say. Kiss has a lot of hardcore, very, very loyal fans. Like I'm a Kiss fan, but I'm not loyal. Okay, like I'm loyal to a certain extent and I'll always love them no matter what. So I'm loyal on that, but I don't just buy anything that's kiss. This could and I got it's kiss. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't do that, you know, and but there's a lot of people bushy that do. So it, I'm not gonna say he's lying. There could be some truth to that because as much money as they made on the merchandising and yes, they were selling out everywhere they went. With today's ticket prices and the fucking the meets and greets and your and your cruises that shit's expensive as fuck dude and there are people who will pay it you're you're right you know? and this is what he says he says from uh, 1958 till 88 we had elvis the beatles all the great blues men madonna and disco you had the great motown stuff which is unequaled you had heavy bands metallica maiden all that stuff youtube prince david bowie all that from 88 to today is more than 30 years. Who are the new Beatles? Who are they? Right around 88, Napster and all the rest of that uh, showed people how to get music for nothing and you took away the value. Then, musicians can't earn a living. Not the old ones who are big and fat and rich. I understand. But the baby bands? It breaks my heart. They're not going to get the chance. Rock is dead. Asked if the decline of the music industry as consumers value access over ownership and experiences over assets has affected the size of his royalties at all, Simmons said, no, we make more than ever before. So it's not about me, it's about the baby bands. I, I, I think I finally understand his rock is dead claim. Based, no, I, I, I've always that. understood what he's saying. I, I Look, I see both sides of the argument with when it comes no. to Gene. And even uh, uh, Dee Snyder, when he had his counter-argument a few years ago, I see both sides to it. Gene does have a legitimate point. But he said 88, right? Yeah, and Napster didn't have to run around until about 98. Yeah, but he said 50 to 58 to 88, you had Elvis and all these great guys. And Come on, the guy's 70 years old. Cut him some fucking slack. Well, okay, but again... The point is, he's you... saying with the advent of Napster and all these other things, and he's right, because 88... No, rock was still going well. Yeah, you had, in the grunge movement. Say, I know you hate all the you hate all the Seattle stuff, but that stuff was huge. It was still going. And, and Pantera was huge. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was so still those, going and those were all in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. So. But Napster and file sharing and all that definitely you know killed these guys' ability to make millions. Right. Uh, so he's probably right. These these kids that are doing it today. They don't, they don't get to enjoy it the way those guys did, where that was their job. No, this is like what they want to be their job. 
But they've got to yeah. grind it out worse than Motley right. Crue and Van Halen ever thought in the clubs these days. It's more DIY now. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and there are bands for YouTube, they can at least put their stuff out. And Bandcamp. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And things like that. I mean, you know, because Trevor William Church of Haunt and Beastmaker says he does make a living at, at being a musician, but he's been very smart about what he does and how he goes about doing it. You know, bands like that, what you're going to have to do, unfortunately, is you're going to have to cut out the middleman. You can't trust record labels anymore. Let's be honest, record labels, even when people were selling millions of records, most of those artists artists were getting fucked over anyway, man. Let's be real. I mean, how many bands have you heard where they signed bad management deal? You know, even some people complain about Elvis and the Colonel Parker. And don't get me wrong, I think the Colonel Parker was a shady motherfucker. He wouldn't let him tour in Europe. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Elvis never did a show in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. He, all he yeah. ever toured was the states. He wasn't allowed to leave the fucking country, man. Fuck the colonel. Well, fuck the colonel too. I'm I'm not not arguing with that, but he did. You can't say he pulled a Patrick Meehan. Like what Patrick Meehan did to Black Sabbath, ripped them off directly. Right. This guy, yeah, he skimmed a lot, and yeah, he was shady, and because he was a fucking illegal immigrant, and he was a criminal. And his, yeah, he couldn't get he couldn't fucking leave America. He got extradited, right? I, I'm not disagreeing with any of that, Bush, but the, the thing is, he did make Elvis a lot of money. I think when it comes to good managers, I think like Brian Epstein through the Beatles, he took care of those boys. Right. He did right by them. The Colonel, you know. But he, Elvis he kept, he kept Elvis comfortable and drugged up. I'll give him that. Right. The dude was it, getting paid. And, and Mike, we'll get into this a little bit. We went right. too far ahead ourselves, guys, about Elvis, but. I didn't want to say I was showing a lot of the stuff to my parents last night. My mom has read like Priscilla's autobiography and things like that. And Elvis, uh, Elvis was about broke before that. Like they were going to lose Graceland and all that. Oh, no shit. And Priscilla has kind of stepped in and kind of revitalized it and built that, that, you know, basically freaking, you know, um, amusement park that we were at at graceland nice and now elvis is worth more than he was when he died that's sad yeah. I, bet, I, mean, he I, was, I bet the three all that was not he wasn't in such great shape when he passed away he was losing a lot because he uh, he blew money obviously we saw that at the place but he was just blowing money dude oh yeah i mean yeah well hell uh you know country ass boy from tennessee all of a sudden, he's the most popular guy in the world, and all he had to do was go overseas in uniform and sit behind a desk, and he's still this big hero, which I think is kind of shitty. <laughs> right. But, but he comes back, and he's get, he gets a hero's welcome. He does his comeback tour. Man, I can't wait to get into the Elvis talk later on. Oh, I later know. on. Later on. Uh, Death Angel, Metal Mike. Yes. I know you like that band. Love that band. One of my favorites. Working on new music, man. Set to... Uh, Released their uh, follow-up to the Grammy-nominated Humanicide. I, I, see, I've never heard this band ever. I didn't even know they were nominated for a Grammy. That's pretty cool, especially with that kind of music. Uh, he says, there is new music being worked on. There are some skeletons that have been floating around before. Uh, the Bay Strikes Back tour. We'll probably start continuing, maybe, if we have some time before we leave for shows in Europe this summer. Maybe we'll get together work on some stuff. That's for sure, but there's some new material floating around. Nothing set in stone, just some skeletons. Okay, what the fuck does that mean? Help me out with this band. Are they consistent? What's going on? They're very consistent. In my opinion, much like Overkill, I would say the last several 
Death Angel albums are just as every bit as good, if not better, than any of their classic material. I like the newer stuff albums. better, personally. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. That that's a band that's just gotten better with age, in my opinion. So this um, is a band I should check out. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you should have been checking them out a long time ago, Bushy. See, oh, I, see, look, Bill. You're fired. Every, everyone knows I like like happy party type rock and roll. Uh, I don't get very dark very often, uh, although, like although I do. You love Megadeth. If you love Megadeth, you're going to love Death Angel. Okay. Death Angel, especially early Death Angel, was very influenced by Dave Mustaine. All right, well, what I was If you want to get an idea of what Death Angel sounds like, just listen to the episode that me and Ian and Ralph did on Death Angel's Ultraviolence. Mm-hmm. All right, I will, I will. Um, what and then me and Ralph say... interviewed... Uh, Will Carroll. Relentless Retribution, which was like their comeback album. But yeah. go ahead. Oh, what I was going to say is it had death in it. And I'm not yes. a death metal fan. They're see, not death metal. They're see, thrash metal. See, I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I hear yeah. death and shit, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested. Like, the band death couldn't tell you a single fucking thing they do. No idea. Um, well, here's the thing. Neither should I. With these guys, uh, when they first started out, they were all Filipino-American. They were a family, essentially. And they were kids. Like, when they first started out, they were kids. Like, literally, the drummer was 12 years old when they were opening for Metallica. He would have to go home and finish his homework because he had to open up for Metallica. Cliff Burton from Metallica was a huge Death Angel fan. Dave Mustaine loved him as well. Nice. They were phenomenal musicians. They still are, man. And and yeah, they're still going strong to this day. Now they don't always they don't have all original members now, but the guys they've got to um, succeed. Who, those guys. Who are, the hell does well, anymore? Will Carroll. You know how <laughs> you know how Rouse had Will Carroll on his his show. Yeah. You ever heard of Will Carroll? Will Carroll is the current drummer of Death Angel. Yeah, and I, I know that he was on a ventilator. He survived COVID, but he yes, was deep. Right. Yes. Ian, Ian just I was listening to the uh, the latest. I've been listening to that latest edition of. Um, rock and metal combat podcast about uh, the Beatles and uh, Ian was talking early on in that episode about how he actually hung out with Will Carroll when that Testament Exodus and Death Angel show just came through New Orleans Um, Will Carroll came back out and watched watched Testament Exodus with, with him and they hung out and hit up some bars afterwards and Ian and him have become pretty good friends i think ralph and him are pretty good friends yes they are at this point well, well, so. will, will even knows who i am because he did a stat he uh ralph had him do a shout out for my show right right um so uh yeah will's a cool, really cool dude man and, and i'm wanting to they're gonna be coming here to st louis and i definitely oh we're going out yeah and, and and uh bushy i i was a casual death angel fan and i still kind of am i'm not gonna say i'm a hardcore fan but i mean i could take them or leave them really and then i saw them open for overkill and that's when i was like wow these guys they were badass live oh wow and, uh, cousin went with us my cousin brandon who's the the reason why we went on this mega epic vacation for his 30th birthday i took brandon to that show with us he'd never seen he didn't know much about overkill or death angel he just wanted to go and uh we got out of there, and I'd been just overkill, 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 just you know, talking about them all the time. And he came out, and he said, "I like Death Angel more than I liked Overkill," and he became a bigger 
he listens to Death Angel now. Nice. Decent amount from seeing him live at that concert. Well, I'll definitely have to check him out. Uh, it's funny, every time I find something new, it's not. It's it's definitely old. Uh, that's, that's what we're here to talk about today, um, is this kick-ass trip you guys took. Uh, y'all went down to the Big Easy, did not get to hang out with Wadzilla, I will say. Unfortunately. That makes yeah. my heart happy, because I was very jealous of that. I well, mean, fuck you, dude. Just, just going to New Orleans, I was like, motherfuck, man, because I've never been down to NOLA. But I'm like, um, and you go to hang out with Wadzilla on his turf? Fuck you guys, man. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. I, was, I, I had a little smirk. It wasn't a full grin, but it was definitely a smirk when I got that text from Metal Mike that you weren't able oh, to yeah? make that happen. I was like, ha-ha. Well, fuck yourself. Fucker. Fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, okay. um, you were just explaining it was your buddy's 30th birthday and you and three other buddies decided so fuck my, it. My cousin's, my cousin Brandon turned 30 and He's like my little brother, so I'm an only child, and he's my my uh, my mom's sister's kid, and uh, he's got like half sisters, but they're a lot older than him. So he was raised in a house by himself, and I was like 15 when he was born. So, oh, wow! Like, I mean, I used to take him places with me. I've been taking him places with me since I was a a little kid, you know, and or, or since he was a little kid. I was there at the hospital the day he was born. Uh, me and one of my buddies went to see him there. and So, I mean, he's <coughs> he's like my little brother. So, he was supposed to originally go to Vegas with his best friend and some other people. And they all they all ended up backing out on him. And there was a lot of stuff going on. And they ended oh, up, oh, we don't want to go to Vegas. So, they talked him into going to New Orleans. And then everybody was backing out on him again. <laughs> and so, he was getting very upset and i said so i i started looking at stuff i'm like well i'll go my girlfriend and i had it, it were uh you know we were kind of on the outs at that point cause she had some stuff going on family issues and everything and and um and i you know uh we ended up breaking up so i said i'm in i'll i'll do the whole thing and we uh you know i i i came up with the idea of why don't we fly to New Orleans and drive back through Memphis. And and part of that was because I'm a huge craft beer guy, and he is too. He works part-time at a craft beer place here in a uh, local brewery uh, called Old Old Bakery in nice. Alton, Illinois. And and uh, so we were going to pick up beer and bring back with us. Well, he didn't, he, he didn't end up even picking anything up, but I got about – Five cases of beer I'm looking at <laughs> sitting on the floor of my living room <laughs> from New Orleans and Memphis and in between. Hell yeah! And uh, so, and we brought back so much crap we could barely get on the plane with what we had. So it worked out. But yeah, so we, you know, we go to Nola for for uh, five days and then we rent a car, drive back up through Mississippi. We stopped in Jackson, hung out, and then finished off in Memphis. And I mean, it was epic did y'all totally sing the song epic. when you got there do what did y'all sing the song when you got there sing the song yeah when you got to jackson i'm going to jackson oh <laughs> <laughs> no. 
See, it's a good thing I wasn't traveling with you guys, because you would have listened to that the whole fucking ride till we got there. <laughs> oh no, we we were. Uh, I was too busy cramming Elvis down their throat. So, oh, what a beautiful thing that is. So, tell me about New Orleans, man. Uh, I've never been there. When you get to Memphis, I could talk a lot more Memphis than I could talk uh, 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 New Orleans, because that's just a city I've never been to. Uh, you made it to the French Quarter. Obviously, you saw some cool bands. I love the fact that while you guys were out and about uh, and posting videos of music, I didn't really see the same style of music twice. It seems like you saw a real eclectic blend of what is the New Orleans live music scene. And frankly, right. none of it was rock or metal, but it was all really, really good. Yeah, and we left. We didn't take any of it. Uh, Mike, did you take any video of the country band that we saw on that first Friday night? Unfortunately, I did not. I wish we had it because they were really good, man. Um, Kim Carson and her band. I can't remember the name of the band, but the fucking, the guy who played the fiddle was amazing. Great, yeah. Yeah, and Kim was fucking hot and really cool and sweet and very talented, but could play that bass, man, and she was a really sweet lady, too. I, I'm wanting to contact her about interviewing her and someone else that we met on this trip. Um, she, uh, she, We talked to her and stuff, and she talked about, you know, how she basically has met Phil several occasions. And she said, you know, the, the one thing that Phil told us, he goes, I know what you guys are. You're outlaw country. And I'm like, man, I could so hear Phil saying that, you know. But uh, <laughs> um, we told her about, about how cool Phil was. Yeah, we told her about the station. We told her about the podcast, and she she seemed really interested in it. And she um, sent me a, you know, a friend request. So you know, nice. Uh, nice. I, I'm friends with her on Facebook now. She's a really sweet lady, classy gal, and hell of a musician. Her whole band was really good, man. That's awesome. If you like outlaw country, you're gonna love them. C- come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was cool, and. and so the the biggest thing though to start the trip that we got to talk about is um we uh we go to we fly in so we got in about 1:30 I guess it was um from St. Louis and uh the oh, guy AM or PM uh 1:30 PM okay so we're there early afternoon and the guy with our Airbnb let us uh, go ahead and, and, and bring our stuff and leave it there. And it was our place was called the Jungle. It was on um, um, Esplanade or, or Esplanade Avenue, which Esplanade Avenue runs right down through the French Quarter and all the way down to the river. Oh, nice! So I mean, um, we were in a really good spot, but we were in a little bit more residential area. So we weren't right by the bars, which was cool. Um, we still had to Uber down there, but anyway, we dropped our stuff off there and then we, we started hoofing it and we walked to this, uh, um, awesome soul food place called Willie Mays. Um, and, uh, M A E S and got some badass soul food. We had to sit out there and wait about an hour to get in. It was a small place, but oh, wow. food was phenomenal and we got done and it's like five five thirty six o'clock maybe i think about six o'clock and we were like oh man we're, we're missing out like like it's six o'clock on a friday night we had plenty of time but right. we 
immediately hop in another Uber and go down to Bourbon Street. Oh, First sweet. place at the very end of the road, my buddy John had told us there's an old blacksmith's bar there. Um, it was an old blacksmith um, um, uh, location back in the 1700s, and they turned it into a bar. It's called uh, a black, something blacksmith bar. But anyway, we walked in. Cool place. I mean, atmosphere is awesome. I mean, it's this building from the 1700s. It's super old. And, That's and awesome. We're kind of checking it all out. And they got this frozen drink sitting there that we look at called the voodoo drink. And Booby and I are up at the – my buddy Rob, we call him Booby. Booby and I are up at the, the bar, and we're like, how, mu- how much is the, the voodoo drink? And they were like, 10 bucks. So – Every one of us gets one. For all four of us, <laughs> ten so bucks. You're like, fuck it, I'm patio. in. We start drinking the voodoo drink. I want to say probably about twenty five minutes, half an hour. We sat there drinking this because it's totally frozen, oh, and we're wow. just kind of chilling, talking. Then we get done, and well, let's move on. And so we go down, and that's when we found the honky tonk, which was where the country band was at. We walk in, we set up shop at the end of the bar. We order another drink. And about the time that each one of us takes a sip out of our other drink, we all start noticing that we're laughing a lot more. We're getting louder. <laughs> we all realize that all four of us are fucked. <laughs> the voodoo so drink Booby did pulls it. Out huh? his phone. He's, yeah, Booby pulls out his phone. He starts looking it up. The voodoo drink is made with Everclear. Oh, shit. So... <laughs> Yeah, so and metal metal Mike was uh, <laughs> crashed Mike for the rest of the. I mean, you know, the the rest of the night just went downhill from there. It's our first night there. By the end of the night, Brandon's telling me to shut up because I'm running down Bourbon Street just yelling out titties. I'm like titties, titties. <laughs> it's, it's not Mardi Gras. <laughs> I know, but I, that's what he said. He goes. He said, quit being creepy. These young girls, you're freaking them out. <laughs> oh, I wish I was there out of bed with you. And Metal Mike, I think, what did you puke about five times that night? Four. Oh, I puked all the way up wait, wait, the a, wait a minute. Wait yeah, a he pulled minute. Yeah, he pulled a bushy. I was going to say, because in the last episode, as I was listening back, you're talking shit about me puking. This is interesting. <laughs> I threw up only once and threw the hordes. You threw your yeah, guts four from times. From one shot at Jack Daniels, motherfucker, I fucking puked up, I don't know how many seven and sevens, a hurricane, two fucking grenades. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, those grenades. Beers. Yeah. I mean, I, dude, I was annihilated. You know, there's that clutch song from Beale Street to Oblivion. Well, it was from Bourbon Street to Oblivion nice. for me. <laughs> I even bought a shirt and so did Brandon said, I got bourbon faced on Shit Street. <laughs> I for the got record, <laughs> For the record, it was my second shot of that high shelf, Jack. That, that was a pretty bottle. And it's because it hit the back of my throat. I'd be a horrible gay guy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But no, it, you know, hey, it happens. Dude. Hey, it does, yeah. and I, I'm glad to see you joined the puke club. I don't, hey, feel, man, it, I don't feel bad it. anymore. No, <laughs> and, I don't. I, the, I have no shame. Besides, you know what? You were better at it than me because it, it got mine got pretty bad. Like I was dry heaving there. Yeah, you know, that's the worst. And you, you, you know, you were throwing the devil horns. I got to be honest. I never once threw the devil horns. I was more like, oh guys, <laughs> this sucks. No, he was Fuck. throwing the limp wrist. Yeah, wasn't throwing a fucking limp. <laughs> my, my, no. my wrist is limp. 
My wrist is limp from finger painting your mom all the time. Oh, oh, oh wow. Wow, man. <laughs> Here we go. So let, let the let the record, let it go on record, though, that that was the only night. Mike was the only one that puked, and that was the only night anybody puked. Nice. Yeah. After that, after that, we got our footing. We realized that you can't just drink every frozen drink that you see in New Orleans. Right. <laughs> You know, that's a good thing to know for what I ever, but you know, know whatever cool I get. About it, Bush. They are scientific. Gotta... They are scientifically created to make women take their shirts off. I think. Uh huh. But I got a cool little pillow out of it because towards the end there, I was getting really tired, and we came back into the honky tonk because we went all up, all up and down in Bourbon Street, and then when we got back, man, I'm like, oh man, I'm getting tired, so I started dozing off the bar, and she said, "Here, sweetie," and she gave me this pillow, this little pillow to rest my head on. And then, and then when I went to give it back to her, she said, no, it's yours, babe. And I was like, oh, and she gave me a big hug and a kiss on the cheek. She was really sweet. So I was like, yeah, uh, it was, but it was still fun, even though, you know, but yeah, so I'm, I'm dry heaving. Finally, I'm like, well, fuck, I got to drink some water or something. And as soon as I did that, I started feeling better. Oh yeah. And, uh, we went and got breakfast the next day. So why yeah, don't you we take got, it from there, Bill? Yeah, we got breakfast and then. And then, oh, by the way, Mike, I have my itinerary out here in front of me that my buddy. <laughs> I, 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 I have a question for you, yeah. gentlemen, really quick. Um, how much weight did you gain? And I'm asking this because I've seen all the food pictures and I gained about 30 pounds. Just looking at the pictures of this food, I know New Orleans has exquisite they have, they have high-end cuisine, and they have the best holes in the wall with some of the best food you can get, street-type foods, uh, you know, crawfish, all that shit. Dude, how good was it? It looked delicious. Oh, the food was amazing. Only only really one bad meal, and that was in Memphis, and we'll get to that. Um, but, I mean, any place, unless it was food, like we ate pizza on Friday night on Bourbon Street that wasn't good. But like we said, that you doesn't count. You don't get pizza outside of New survival. York. Huh? So you we don't get drunk, pizza Bush, outside of New York. No, we, it was for survival. <laughs> Booby was like, we went in and got drinks, and Booby's like, I think we need food. Because we hadn't eaten since that Willie Mays place. And at this point, it's getting late, and we're, you know, so hammered. I think he was afraid that Mike and I might end up passing out on Bourbon Street somewhere. Nice. So... So he, so the pizza wasn't very good, but while he's buying pizza, I was buying shots of, uh, it was like, it was rummy bears that were like dipped in 151. Oh, fuck that 151. Yeah. And I'm, I'm up there, I'm hanging out with all these chicks from, it was all these, uh, these black women from Detroit that were there for one of their birthdays. I buy all them shots. I buy all us shots. And, uh. Yeah, I mean, and I'm hammering down rummy bears soaked in 151. <laughs> oh, it was a shit show on Friday night. Oh, I, I can only imagine how bad that was. <laughs> so, so anyway, it sounds like my rocket eight. pot experience through the actual thing because I'm constantly pulling beers out of the cooler. I had to start <laughs> the day with a fucking uh, 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 what the hell is it with the tomato juice? Ah, fuck. Anyway, I had to have tomato oh. juice and celery, Bloody Mary. Mary, <laughs> I had to start yeah. my day with Bloody Mary, and they were so good. I like, well, I need three more of these, and it just didn't get any better the rest of the day. <laughs> so I so, understand. So we get up Saturday though, and we went and ate breakfast. Mike and I were dying, but we got some food in us. So we got to feeling better. Great food, by the way. Um, 
I had the Ruby Slipper, right? Yeah, Ruby Slipper. I had some candied bacon, and then I had some shrimp and grits. Um, Is that not the most ass. southern shit you've ever heard? Candied bacon. Oh, oh yeah, it was boy. And uh, so we get done there, and now we got to go do a cemetery tour. So we uh, go down, and we met Brandon's friends. Flew in. Um, as it's a, a, a lesbian couple that he's friends with that are wow. awesome, and uh, they uh, they met us for the cemetery tour. They had just gotten into town. They hung out with us in New Orleans, and then we had some of our other friends meet us in Memphis and hung out with us. But Anyway, so we get we get out on the cemetery tour, and it was really interesting because they were talking about, you know, we were touring, going through these cemeteries, these above ground cemeteries, and um, hearing the stories about them. And we went to a Freemason cemetery first. Nice. Um, and they wouldn't allow us in that one, but then the next two we actually walked through, and we ended up finishing up at uh, the Hurricane Katrina Memorial which had above-ground tombs for the um, all the ones that were unidentified. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, I, I can't remember how many it was now. It was in the, I think, there's 1,100 people that died. I think there were a couple hundred there that were unidentified. Mm. Um, it, it, you learned, really, that what we learned down there is Hurricane Ida last year just was way stronger than Hurricane Katrina. The Hurricane Katrina was was not that strong of a of a storm that should have done that much damage. It was New Orleans being ill prepared. And you learn that New Orleans was ill prepared for a lot of things through the years. And that's why they've had a lot of the problems that they've had. Well they're they're below sea level anyway, right? Well in certain areas, yeah. There there was areas where we could be seven feet below sea level and be walking around and others where we are above, uh, you know, seven feet above sea level. And they were real close together. Um, the thing was, was this was what our, our tour guide used as the example. He said, he said, see this tree here. And there's a huge tree there in the cemetery. And he goes, the roots go down from this tree as low as, as far down as it is high, you know, which makes it sturdy. So it's not just going to blow over and things aren't going to, you know, it can, it can stand up to the weather, you know? Right. Because they built on Canal Street or whatever, they built these large metal walls for the canal to, to keep everything out. But they built them very high and they don't hardly go down into the ground at all. So when Katrina came through, there was so much water and everything, it got underneath those big metal walls that they built up. So that's how all the yep. levees broke. And then all the water, all the, the, the earth started eroding away from all the water getting underneath it, underneath that. And that then that allowed the earth to start eroding away and allowed the flooding to happen. That's If they would have built the walls the right way, which they have now, that's why Ida didn't do the same thing. Right. I mean, Ida could have, Ida would have done more damage. Back, if it would have happened back in 2005 but if they would have built the walls the right way you wouldn't have had all that destruction 1100 people died because they didn't want to spend the money and do put the right infrastructure <laughs> there to do the right thing wow that's crazy so, it is crazy but you know there was 
you know, there was a lot of stuff like that. You had a huge fire back then. The the history in 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 Nola is is unbelievable. I mean, some of the stuff that that we learned down there, you know, and, and uh, it's just it's just it's the weirdest, quirkiest place I've ever been. I mean, the only place that I could throw that I've been to in the United States, and I haven't been everywhere, but but Vegas, you know, Vegas is extremely crazy and weird. Sure. But the the history in New Orleans is just. I mean, everything's got a story. Everything. Well, here's my question. When you were walking through those cemeteries with your tour guide and such, um, when did he start talking about uh, Lestade and, uh, and, and, and Louis? <laughs> he did mention um, the Vampire Chronicles. He did briefly. He did. He's that talking about how so certain things. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to tell you, like, dude, there was a few times I thought I might run into Lestat and, and Louis. That's what uh, it is, Lestat, not Lestat. And, um, but yeah, um, it was interesting, too, because one of the things that they did, because some of these mausoleums aren't that big, but yet you see the nameplates and there's like a bunch of them. Well, what they do, dude, is they don't embalm people. They don't fuck around in NOLA or Louisiana, from what I understand. When you die, they bury you right away. And what they do is you can go ahead and get cremated, you know, the way man-made cremation. But the other way they do it is they put your body in that, that those mausoleums, and I guess they're designed to get really, really hot. Those bodies and coffins cook, dude. It is ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Yeah. Once it's done, your remains, they, they scoop them up. They put them in a baggie. Not like any cheap Ziploc bag. It's right, a nice right. bag with your name on it. And they pile it on the rest of the your dead ancestors. It's in that mausoleum. So there's oh, sometimes wow. hundreds of people in these mausoleums, their remains, which is all just ashes now. And then when the next person dies, they put their coffin in there, and the same thing happens. So, yeah, they they, they have to, you know, because like I said, they can't bury anybody. Right. You know, ground's too shallow, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, about 350, um, 350 degrees inside those those mausoleums. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so you uh, literally, your body's just cooked, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> how long does it take for complete decomposition and, and, and ash? Jeez, do you remember what he said, Mike? It wasn't long. No. It wasn't long, man. I mean, dude, you got to figure 350 degrees and you've not been embalmed? Yeah, baby. You know, uh, but it burns the coffins, too, from what I understand. Like, well, it's, well, so it's what it's I'm hot. trying to understand because, uh, you know, both my folks were cremated and that's just a couple-hour process. Right. Yeah, so I'm wondering, you know, in a natural environment like that, and brilliance, by the way, on the mausoleum designs, to be able to concentrate that heat, because we know it's obviously hot as hell down there. Yeah, I'm oh, just yeah. wondering what the turnaround is for them to come back in and say, okay, we got to do this. I think, it's, I think it's a little bit longer than a couple hours, but it, it may, maybe within a week doing it that say, way. What are we looking at, it a might, week? Yeah, within, within a week. Um, it's quick. Um, I mean, it's fast uh, when we're talking natural. Do what? I said that's fast when we're talking natural. It's a natural process. Yeah. Just because really of the way is. these things are designed to hold heat. That's that's amazing. I mean, it's creepy as hell, but it's amazing. <laughs> and, and oddly enough, that they didn't build, the, they didn't start burying people this way because of because of the. The, the, people can be buried underground there. 
that wasn't the reason why they did it. They, they part of the reason why they did it was was out of necessity from the amount of people that were dying down there too. So eighteen, they had a big yellow fever. Um, yellow outbreak. fever and bad outbreak. Yeah, and in eighteen fifty three uh, was the big year. They lost seven thousand people oh, wow. in one year. The yellow fever, but almost entirely throughout the summer. There was a point there where they were losing over 100 people a day in the city um, to yellow fever, which is obviously from mosquitoes. So there was stuff like that 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 uh, they, you know, they could put people in these, you know, mausoleums and get more of them in there. Because they, they have some of them that are set up with like drawers, you know, they're like right. big, just throw a bunch of people in there, you know. That's wild. Yeah. Crazy, crazy and I will say stuff. this: their, their cemeteries are very neat looking, though. The statues, the, uh, the the tombs themselves. I mean, it's it's cool. I definitely, if you get down there, you need to check them out, man. The one, remember the one, Mike was was made out of uh, uh, iron. Yeah, the one guy. That's the way he wanted it. So it's completely rusted out. It's from like the 1860s, and it's all iron. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. So now, was this one day you did the uh, the, the the cemetery tour? Did you move on to yep, food that, and drinks again? Yep. Then we go food and drinks. Um, I'm trying to think that Saturday night. Uh, oh, we went down. Um, we hit up this place that my boss had told me about called Cajun Mike's, and I got I got an alligator po' boy. Oh um, man, how good fantastic. was that gator? And some uh, some boudine balls, um, which is like the breaded, almost like a like a Cajun sausage hush puppy. Almost they're right. bigger, you know. yeah. But they were okay. The 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 po boy was great. And Mike, you got that catfish flat, uh, like catfish panini there, right? Oh, it was amazing. God, it was so good. Um, yeah, I loved it. It was one of my favorite things to eat there, man. And yeah, Cajun Mike's was cool and. By that point in time, we were still trying to figure out what what is Creole, what's the difference between Creole, what's the difference between Cajun. We didn't find that out until we went on our next tour. But we ended up leaving Cajun Mike's, and didn't we go up and we pretty much walked up and down Bourbon Street that we, night. We thought we were further away from Bourbon Street than we were, and we ended up right back on Bourbon Street. Nice. And uh, a guy I know, a football coach from this area that I know, actually happened to be down there. He'd been out on Friday night on Bourbon Street. We almost ran into each other when we were talking the next day, but he told me about this piano bar. So we went into this piano bar, and Booby ended up getting called up on stage. And that was one of the videos that we we uh, put on there. And, and right. the, uh, the guy was singing. They they were they were just having a blast in this piano bar, and he was singing songs about Booby having a little wiener while he was up there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> It was a blast. But this guy was getting ready to go out on tour with Kenny Loggins. Oh, wow. So here he is playing a bar on, on Bourbon Street. And he says, yeah, this is my last night here. I leave. We're going on a European tour with Kenny Loggins, like, in a couple of days. So, I mean, these these musicians you see in these towns like this are legitimate. Oh, yeah. You towns know. like New Orleans, towns like, uh, 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 you know, Miami, Miami Beach. Because uh, 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 Brian, what the fuck, Wilson? Yeah, the Beach Boy there, Brian Wilson, that plays you know drums for both Thrasher Die and Ingve Malmsteen. Right. <laughs> you know, 
And yeah. about a hundred other bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can't sleep on these guys that are that are playing these places, especially where there's a large music scene. Nashville, maybe they're trying to work their way into something, but you'll still hear, you'll see some big hitters. These other established places, I found you're one of the people who's like, yeah, this is who I play with, this is who I play with. Mm -hmm. It's just what they do. It's awesome. Yeah. So, For sure. So, yeah, we had a little fun there, but th Saturday was a little bit more chillaxed. We couldn't pull it, pull it two days in a row. So we were, we were in bed pretty quick, pretty early Saturday night because we had to be down for our uh, French Quarter. We had a French Quarter history tour at 9.15 in the morning on Sunday. Oh, wow. When we got there, it had gotten pushed back a little bit. I didn't see the email. So we, we ended up going, I think, at 10.30. So we went down. The girls were with us again. So we went down and we uh, uh, found a little breakfast place. They hadn't eaten yet. Um, and uh, the... Uh, we sat in there. I think I had a. I think I might have had a Bloody Mary uh, that was pretty good, and we hung out there and had a couple drinks, and then we we headed back up for our French Quarter his, historic tour. And this was pretty awesome because this was just talking about basically the history of New Orleans and some of the stuff that all the the architecture, and we we found out most importantly the difference between a Creole and a uh, Cajun. You want to take that one, Mike? You remember how that was? Yeah. Uh, well, basically, Creole or as people that are indigenous, they were born in New Orleans, and yeah, their their cooking is definitely a different style. Where Cajun people, that's why you have such odd things as alligators and frog legs and crawfish, is because they lived out more in the country and they. They had to, you know, you have to eat what's available to you. So they're more, they're really Cajun Cajun's more swamp people? Yes. Yeah, swamp people are Cajun. Yes, yeah. And and they're and, and they're more, you know, um, so, you know, again, like anybody else, depending on what your environment is, you live off the land, right? right. So, and that's why that food's so seasoned heavily is because they probably had to, you know, with certain yeah. things, you know. And, and what was really interesting about it is for years, there was a big distinction. It wasn't until the 1960s when this lady, who was a famous chef, she had done all these Creole dishes and everybody was going crazy for them. But after a while, it was getting, I guess, stagnated in her mind anyway. And she had a buddy who was a Cajun. I can't remember the guy's name. Do you remember his name, Bill? Big no, I do not. Oh, but no, he, yeah. He was. Um, he used to be on the Food Network. Um I can't, he's a great big heavy set dude with red hair and he had a uh, a, a ponytail. I can't think of his name now though, but he was but, all he's deceased now, but yeah, she invited him to bring his recipes and dishes to her restaurant, which were Cajun. Okay. And it really kind of revolutionized the whole food industry in New Orleans because after that like they teamed up and he and, and then he became really popular and eventually he spun off his own restaurants in New Orleans and he became as big a world famous chef as she was. So because of that, that's it was in the 60s when it all just kind of kaboom, you know, and that's the interesting thing about New Orleans. Like you have other towns that have histories and, and like even St. Louis, for instance, and, and, and everything. And yeah, you'll have different communities. You know, you'll have your Italian Americans, your Irish Americans, your Jewish, your your black, you know, and, and so forth. But in New Orleans, it's a lot more intermingled. Right. There's a lot Paul, more. Paul um, Perdome. Paul Perdome yeah. was the chef's name. He died in 2015. 
So okay, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So so Creole doesn't necessarily mean. You know, my mom said the other night, I thought Creole was the, the blacks that lived there. I go, no, Creole just meant that you were born there in the city. So you could have had, you could have been French descent, English descent, Italian descent, African descent. Irish, whatever. Irish, whatever. English, I mean, if you were born there, there's some Germans. But if you were born there in the city of New Orleans... There was still people coming over from Europe and Africa, so they made that distinction by you were considered a Creole because you were born there. And you know, then, that's you know, interesting because my only experience ever with Creole is uh, when when I deployed to Haiti in 94. And, um, oh, got a cough on a second. <laughs> and uh, the language they spoke in Haiti is Creole. But what it is, is it's an African-French dialect. It's a blending of those two languages. So I would have thought, if you're talking about Creole in New Orleans, so I, I appreciate that lesson, I would have thought, you know, African-French descendants. Yeah, and I mean, and I think the majority of them were, but there were a lot of Italians there, too. Nice. Um, I didn't really, like, you know what the uh, muffaletta is? The sandwich, bushy. No, it's a it's a, a a deli sandwich. We didn't get a chance to eat one of these, unfortunately. Are there? I know the muffaletta. I've had a muffaletta here in St. Louis before, but uh, muffaletta is a it's on a big airy like French bread uh, type thing, and they 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 have all kinds of different meats on it, from capicola ham to to salami to pepperoni. Um, all kinds of different uh, deli meats on there, deli cuts stacked really high. And then on top of it, and then they got some cheeses in there, and then they have what they call uh, a gardenia. And a gardenia is like an al- olive salad, which and it includes like cut carrots and some different vegetables in there, and they put that on top of it. Nice. That was created in New Orleans. Oh, okay. I figured that was created in Brooklyn or something, you right? Know? But no, uh, it, there it was, wouldn't have been created at a Jewish deli, huh? I said it would not have been created at a Jewish deli. No, no, no. But because <laughs> those but, are the uh, best. you know, they have, but they had just this really big, you know, section of Italians that were there too, um, amongst the French and, and Spanish too. That's another one we didn't mention. I mean. The architecture there is not French as much as it is Spanish. Oh wow! So we learned that uh, that's old. That's old school, you know, Spanish uh, um, architecture. architecture. Yeah, yeah. And there, there was one building though that had what did it have like a Spanish building, but the the, the roof was French. Yes, so you, and and that's the thing about New Orleans, dude. The architecture and the colors, like the the colors that people paint their house, and the houses are like boom, like right next to each other, like. It's like, and just very vibrant colors, like uh, colors that I would never see here in Illinois. People paint their houses and stuff, you know, and it was just like, oh. it just, um, it, it's kind of like what uh, Molly's girlfriend, Sarah said, New Orleans is beautiful. And what did she say? No. Disgusting. She at says, the same no, time. New Orleans is pretty and disgusting. Pretty and disgusting, yeah. That's how Sarah described it. Nice. And it's so true. Because the bathrooms, 
the, are fucking nasty, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's some nasty bathrooms. This is this is a couple of days later. We'll fast forward. So I go into the bath because I love telling the story now. Cause you'll die laughing, Bushy. So we had we I had, every bathroom there is fucking disgusting. So I'm, I'm I go into this bathroom at this piano bar we were hanging out at on um, I believe this was Tuesday night, and this guy's like, uh, um, this uh, this guy's in the bathroom, and I. Man, every fucking bathroom here is disgusting. And the guy's just standing at the urinal pissing. He looks at me and he goes, Hey, it's disgusting. You ought to come to Baston. He goes, The fucking traps at Fenway Pack are fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm oh, drunk. I just shit. look at him and I just lose it. I start laughing. Because who the fuck thinks you're going to hear a hardcore Boston accent in New Orleans? I know, yeah. right? That's great. Dude was straight out of Boston. It was hilarious, though. He's like, the fucking traps at Fenway Pack, you know, before they took those out, they're fucking disgusting. That's great. <laughs> That's good stuff. It's good accent, by the way. Yeah. yeah. You're doing a good job there, Bill. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was really cool. So. Yeah, the the, the 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 tour of the French Quarter and the history of it, man. Like there was this one story he told about this building that this this dude he's rich and he had owned, and it was I get and it was really the place he had built or had he maybe he had it made for himself like it was his home away from home, but he had his mistress there. Well, he dies, and the wife invites the mystery or the the mistress over for a cup of tea, I believe. Oh, shit. Yeah. King Diamond oh. warned me about tea. Oh, yeah, dude. Listen to this. It gets better. Well, she she drugged it, okay? And it knocks the lady out. And she locks her up in a room. And basically... the wall, right? Yeah, chains her to the fucking wall. And Holy the, shit. The lady, and she starved to death. Like, this bitch got away with murder, man. Literally killed this woman. That's you insane. Know? And, you know, but moral of the story... You know, don't be fucking married people, man. You know, because you never know what's going to happen. She lived. She lived there for the next like forty years with that body up there in that room. She just yeah. left her chain, their bones, and everything. <laughs> Which I mean, you gotta figure though. There had to have been a point where, even if she had the room closed, how did she contain the smell? You know, I mean, I my know. God, man. Wasn't that the same guy that they say he's his ghost supposedly like is still in that building too, and he comes down and they leave a they leave bread and water at a table every day at the little diet wine bread and wine bread and wine for him every day at a table that's reserved for him. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. It was uh, just really cool stories like that. Like I said, New Orleans, man, it's just got a rich, really rich history because unlike most cities. They didn't tear down all their old buildings. They kind of almost preserved their history. Right. Um, which is what makes it really cool, in my opinion. And then we went down. Uh, there, there was um, one street where uh, Jean Lafitte, Jean Lafitte was a pirate. It's called Pirate's Alley. And it hit, ran right behind like a Catholic church. So the Catholic <laughs> pirates would be on the same little like uh, street back there, passing each other and interacting with each other. And John Lafitte ended up, John Lafitte ended up actually fighting for, uh, for Andrew Jackson. Um, 
during uh, the War of eighteen twelve. War eighteen twelve. Oh, yeah, wow. and, and uh, he was a he was a big part of what how they won the Battle of the Nor- Battle of New Orleans. So uh, and then they got a big statue of Andrew Jackson. They have Jackson Square and uh, have a have a statue of him on a horse, which is really cool. And uh, there's a house down there. This is another cool story. Big, big sprawling um, spot down there. Now that they're they're turning it into apartments across the top, and there's shops on the bottom. But this real rich guy there, um, French guy, owned that back in the day. I can't remember the names of these people now, but he had a wife. He ended up dying, so the wife inherited everything. Okay. She's got all this, and she's very rich and influential in New Orleans. And uh, she ends up marrying a well-to-do Frenchman uh, back in France. And the family was was very well-to-do, but they were in trouble money-wise. So the family wanted her money. So the father-in-law, eventually, after they were there trying to finagle money out of her, and she was smarter than what they thought father-in-law ends up shooting her four times oh shit he's dead she doesn't die so she ends up coming forward and father-in-law knows that you know he's he's gonna get hung or probably guillotined at that point in in uh, france for trying to murder her. so he offs himself oh wow she leaves France again and comes back to New Orleans, goes back into this place, lives there for like another 30 years, and she does a lot for the community, a lot for the black community there, helping out a lot of the poor people, and um, nice. was very influential in, in uh, helping, uh, was kind of a humanitarian there, um, and uh, lived out her days there in New Orleans and helping people so that's all awesome. it was an interesting story I mean, these stories would just pop up out of out of nowhere you know when they talk about stuff it was it was really neat so that's crazy it, it sounds like an amazing city oh um, it is it is it is and then so now we get we get done with our french quarter history tour and now we gotta um we got a little bit of time and we gotta head out for uh our swamp tour <laughs> So we got to take a bus about 45 minutes out to catch a swamp. We stopped. We, we ended up, our tour ended up down in the French uh, market, which was really cool. Um, the Cafe de Mans down there where the, the famous beignets are at. We actually had free beignets from there. We weren't able to get them at that time. We got those the next day, I believe. But uh, we stopped and we ate it. Was it, was it uh, the, oh, gumbo yaya, right, Mike? Yes. Yeah, and we we got uh, I crawfish etouffee, which I was oh. excited about. I had oh, to grab man. some crawfish etouffee, and I got a um, gumbo there with which uh, which had uh, um, blue crab, shrimp, chicken, and andouille sausage in it, and okra. Damn! Just fantastic meal. Um, Brandon got gator bites, which were fantastic. Um, so we eat. We, uh, we had a hurricane there, and then we catch our bus to head out to the swamp. So we get out there, and, uh, you know, um, you know we, we, we grab some beers, and we're sitting, and we're waiting. 
I fucked up. I thought we were getting on an airboat, uh, which would have been awesome. That's what I wanted to do. But I fucked up when I booked it. We ended up on a big pontoon boat. But it all worked out. But yeah, we we were watching the airboats, and we're like, fuck, it's so cool. But the airboats, you couldn't hear anything. Everybody had to wear ear protection because it was so loud. Right. And the pontoon boat. If I went back and did it again, I'd make sure I was on an airboat. But for a first time doing it, I mean, he could talk to us and give us, you know, um, descriptions of things and and uh, kind of des- describe the area like we saw um, right off when we got on the boat, there was um, a house and a trailer that were butted right up against each other. That was Hurricane Ida. Hurricane oh, wow. Ida came through, picked up this house, and slammed it into the trailer. I mean, there was a lot of damage of things from Hurricane Ida, especially down south there in the swamp. Like I said, we were about 45 minutes from the city. So it was nothing but swampland. These people were hardcore, hardcore Cajun down there. So Mike, Mike's got our uh, our um, tour guide's voice down pretty good. So we can probably take this from here. Oh, let, let me hear this about a while because that Cajun accent's rough. Well, you know, I hope you enjoy your time, in Louisiana. Um, and that's how he talked, man. He just talked, you know, he's real <laughs> laid back, you know. Um, talked about how his. Uh, Sometimes the alligators don't go nowhere. They just sit there, um, you know, and, and they feed them marshmallows, you know, and, and and everybody's like, well, why marshmallows? Well, alligator eat anything. They'll eat your hand. They'll eat your leg. They'll eat, and they'll eat marshmallows. Um, <laughs> and if you, if you feed too many marshmallows to them, though, it causes them to have gas, but they got to have like 1,500 pounds of marshmallows in order to do that. So if you see any air bubbles, that means they... Ate way too many marshmallows. That's kind of basically how he talked. He's playing like CCR over the fucking speaker and shit. Of course so, he was. Domino, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking great, man. And at first when we got on there, we were all kind of let down because we're like not in front and I can't fucking see anything. But then when I noticed, he said, hey, you guys can get up and move a little bit. So we did. And then there was these two front seats that were available. So, man, we fucking, me, Brandon, Bill, and Bob, Rob just beelined for those fucking seats. And then after that, man... We're riding around, the air's hitting us, and we're, we're, we're listening to fucking CCR. And, Born on the Bayou. Yeah, yeah, fucking, you know, Bad Moon Horizon and fucking all these great classic songs. You know, like I said, Fats Dynamo as well. And looking at the alligators and shit, and he's feeding them, man. He has this, like, fucking um, spike, like the staff thing. He takes the marshmallow, puts it in, and they just come right up and... Eat that fucking marshmallow, man. It was cool. You know, we also saw a lot of other cool things there besides just the alligators, man. Like, just so many different insects. Fucking dragonflies flying all over the place. They're all zipping zip Black down. and red grasshoppers. I yeah. Mean. I mean, it was just crazy. Some of the, uh, um, you know, it was the, it was really cool, man. The really cool. boss was really neat, too. I mean, it's hard to believe that that's a living thing, but there's that Spanish moss just... Mm-hmm hanging down off all the trees yeah yeah it's like kudzu in this part of the country uh kudzu was a uh, japanese ivy that was brought over okay and it just took over everything man so if you're driving anywhere in the southeast uh from at least maybe south carolina up through virginia you'll see this ivy hanging off all these trees it is they, they they can't control it. It's kind of kind of the same idea. Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. Yeah. So yeah, that's, 
Yeah, it's probably similar. Yeah, to that. So it kind of makes you wonder what it looked like before all that came there. Right. You know, I mean, it's funny how things right. people will bring certain things from other countries, and it does. It truly changes the landscape of that part of the country. You know. Well, what's well they brought over those. I'm surprised we didn't see them. I, I can't remember. It's a. It's a. It's a type of rat. Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but uh, it's it was brought over from Europe, and they look like a beaver, really. But they have a long rat tail, and oh, those wow. things, those things have kind of taken over the swamp because they're not indigenous to there, and uh, they've they've had problems with that. I mean, hmm. you know, kind of like the way the boa constrictor, constrictors are taking over Florida with them. You know, people are leasing them down there. You right. Know I mean? So, but uh, I'm surprised. Unfortunately, we didn't see anything. We saw gators, which is the main reason why we went out. But we didn't get to see any like wild hogs or or any of the any of those um, uh, those rats or or any of the stuff like that. They'll have white-tailed deer that run around down there along the um, areas too. But um, I can see those in my backyard though. But right, yeah. see any cottonmouths in the water? Nope, nope. We didn't see any snakes either. I was looking for that too. Um, That's all I would he have been was looking talking for. About I was terrified. He, he said it's 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 been a while since a snake's fallen in the boat, but yeah. uh, you know he, he he said every now and then a snake will fall down out of the trees. Yep, inside the boat, and people freak out. Oh well, yeah, yeah, I would, I would die. Uh, we took a cruise down the Mississippi, and by cruise I mean a ride. It was a boat ride. It wasn't a cruise. Uh, when I visited Memphis for a month with my mom, and that's where I'll be able to give you a little more conversation in, in, in this great story you guys have. But yeah, that's what they're talking about: a snakes falling into the fucking boats, and I'm like, get me the fuck off this thing! I nope, I nope, get out! I want out. <laughs> See, that wouldn't have bothered me. I mean, water. If a water moccasin fell in there, I would have freaked a little bit. But I mean. I'm not scared of snakes. Well, see, a water moccasin, that's just a cotton mouth, okay? Or, right, cotton mouth, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. They, yeah. They don't just hang out in the water all the time. They just swim really, really well. Right. They can right. fuck you right. up from a multiple <laughs> oh, I know. You know, variety of places. So, yeah, no, I don't, I, and, and I like weeping willows a lot. That's my favorite tree. That's why the Spanish moss hanging off of these trees. I've got a picture in my head. It's almost like the weeping willow that's hanging over the banks of the Mississippi up there in the Memphis area. Yeah, yeah it is similar. Yeah, yeah, it's similar. Similar look. You, you just don't have that Spanish moss on there. But right. it was interesting once we got in the car, though, to see the, the difference of the the landscapes and the trees and stuff. We, we get a little bit further ahead here, where we where we drive from New Orleans to Memphis. You know, I mean, we saw a lot of changes along that drive which were really cool too oh so but, uh, this is a great country so <laughs> so yeah. so i so i don't doubt that at all so so we move on now we, we get back off the 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 boat the swamp tour and now we got to meet meet the girls again because the girls refused to go on the swamp tour <laughs> so they were yeah, thinking um, like me snakes Mo molly was like i'm not going anywhere near an alligator so they, uh, I think Sarah would have gone if it would have been for Molly, but Molly was like, no way. So we meet them back up at this place down. To, this Sunday night, we decide we want to hang out around Frenchman Street. Frenchman Street's a little bit more of the classical jazz um, 
area. A lot more locals hang out there. It's okay. not a little bit more laid back and 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 grown up from Bourbon Street. So we hit this place that Jack, our tour guide, had told us about, called. Um, uh, damn it, Mike! Well, Coops. Coops. Yeah, Coops. It was. He said it's not fancy, but the food is fantastic. This is where I had my best food on the entire trip, in my opinion. Oh, nice! But for me, so we walk in, and uh, first thing, these guys are like from New York that work there. Oh shit! And they're like, they're like being all. It's like one of those places where this guy's stick was like he insulted you and stuff. He'd yell at you, and he'd be like, like he said. He said, first of all, he goes, keep your fucking phones put up, and you're going to fucking talk to each other. Well, see, nobody had their phones out. He called He called Mike Lex. Did Luke. he say fuck it, or did he say, first of fuck all, it. you fucking put your phones yeah. <laughs> You got to have the fucking if we're like, talking New York. He, he comes up like this, first of all. I don't want anybody with the fucking phones out. Yes. I want yeah. you guys to fucking yeah. have conversations and talk to yourselves <laughs> like normal fucking people, the way people used to before fucking technology just came along and fucked everything up. Yeah, that's everybody walks said. around. Everybody walks around looking at the fucking phone all the time. They don't even fucking look up, man. Sounds like it I want you to look at each other. I want you to look at me, okay? Look at me when I'm talking to you, all right? <laughs> That's no. fucking funny. All right. Good job. Metal Mike, we get Ozzy impressions. <laughs> Thank you. Thank we get Cajun impressions. And he does a And he's like, so what do you want? And, and he was just hilarious because he gave everybody nicknames. He was like, because, like, what did you order, Bill? And he fucked with you, man. Dude, dude we've been going all night. And it's like 930 on a, on a Sunday night. And I order a, a Bloody Mary there. And he's like, he's like. Jesus fucking Christ, Linda. Yeah, he goes, that's what. Painting my ass. Christ, Linda. Yeah. You fucking pain in the ass. A fucking <laughs> Bloody Mary. Really? Really? Linda? <laughs> and he's calling Mike. He's calling Mike uh, Lex Luthor. What the fuck do you want, Lex Luthor? <laughs> and he's calling Booby. He's calling Booby Luke Cage. <laughs> <laughs> and then later somebody said, he goes, hey, Lex Luthor's a fucking badass. He's rich. He's powerful. He's fucking brilliant, and he's kicked Superman's ass a time or two. So that guy fucking rules. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So yeah, he was a riot. Yeah. This place, yeah, he was a riot. And food wise, this place is amazing. Yeah, I got a duck, duck quesadilla off the appetizer menu, and then I had um, their. They're Cajun whoa, whoa. fried hey, chicken. Hold, hold, hold back this fucking train up. Yeah. <laughs> a duck quesadilla? Yes. Was it greasy? I mean, a little bit, because duck, Cause duck is greasy. a greasier meat. Yeah, yeah, but duck, I love duck, man. It's got uh, such we'll a see, sweet taste to it. And it, it had a rumelade sauce on it that just was to die for, oh man. It was so sweet. It was so sweet. And then they had... They had fresh onions, fresh tomatoes, uh, chopped up on top of it too, just over the top of like the the quesadilla, and I mean it was just it was different. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily Cajun or Creole cooking. It was just f- fantastic. It was yeah, well, tomatoes and onions fantastic. is almost like a uh, 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 what, 
kind of more Creole, actually. They do a lot of tomato and onion stuff in Creole cooking because they had that in the city. You know, they grew a lot Poor of Poor Rob can't have any of that. He's allergic to tomatoes yeah. and onions, Oh, man. no. How, yeah. well, how was it for that poor guy? Because you never bring his name up. Did he have a good time? It's just, oh, yeah. Oh, he loved it. He would eat. So he can eat stuff that's like if it's a tomato-based based cooked meal. So he can have things like pasta and things like that. But but he can't eat like fresh tomatoes and, okay. and fresh onions. If it's cooked in and it's small enough, he pico can... de gallo. Sorry, I, I was trying to remember that fucking word. Yeah. That's what yeah, I was it... thinking. Like a pico de gallo. Was, was right. there cilantro in it? Um, yes, I think there was a little cilantro. So in it's it. got a, so it's it got a little Spanish, you right. Mexican. Hey, Bush, flair. what are we doing? An A and E biography on each <laughs> fucking ingredient of what we ate? Hey, <laughs> hey motherfucker! That's I know how a couple goddamn it. food things, so I'm gonna say my fucking food things. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys it's hear so a gunshot, it's because some southerner walked by and he heard like even a bad New York accent, but he knew there was enough Yankee in it. I could get shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, so I got that, and then I had they had these Cajun fried Cajun fried chicken, and then I had uh, red beans and rice. Which had been marinating all day with ham hocks. Fuck yeah, dude! Red beans. Oh, and rice it was is so shit. Look, great. My daughter's man. Puerto Rican, man. I'm, mm. <laughs> so great. <laughs> that shit's good. Yeah, I mean they had red beans and rice just about any place you go. Red beans yeah. and rice, jambalaya, gumbo, um, and so. Uh, Mike, you got what? You got the Cajun fried chicken and some jambalaya, yeah. didn't you? I got some uh, rabbit jambalaya. Rat, yeah, and rabbit. Oh, Mike's eating rabbit in a restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, well, one of the things I wanted to do on this is I wanted to try things I had never had before, you know. And um, I never had crawfish at Touffe. I'd never had – I mean, I've I've eaten seafood and stuff, but – and to be honest with you, my preconceived notions of Cajun food, I thought it was all going to be really hot and – and really it spicy, and it's not that at all, man. It's seasoned. It might even have a little bit of a kick to it, you know. But it's nothing to where you're like, oh my god, my mouth is on fire, and my I feel like Ghost Rider. And my, no, it's not like that. It was like, it was more like, um, just really. But man, it was delicious, man. And the fried chicken was amazing. And I got fried chicken at Will Willie Mays too. I don't know, man. It's hard for me to pick which one was better because they were both amazing. The coleslaw was fucking incredible too at Coops. Um, yeah, I just gotta like say, if you're anywhere in the South, and that's from, you know, West Virginia, Virginia, all the way down through Kentucky, down into Texas, New Orleans, you know, Louisiana, all those places, Mississippi, Alabama. Look, there's no such thing as bad fried chicken. Do you know when you get bad fried chicken? When you go to Popeyes, <laughs> when you go to KFC, <laughs> no, you got to go to the side places. I love the fact that you guys went off the beaten path to, to not a tourist trap on uh, Bourbon Street. And this is like your greatest experience. Tell me more. So, so yeah, so Frenchman, we, you know, we, we hang out there at Coops and we had great meal. We get talking to this guy. He ends up being a metalhead. Um, and a comic book guy. And a comic book guy. Is this so the New Yorker, the berated The New York yeah. guy. Yeah. 
My See, life. look, guys, we're not all bad, okay? We're not all bad. We're really good cool. guys. It was, it was really cool, too, because he overheard us mentioning about how Testament and Death Angel and Exodus are. He goes, well, I want to fucking go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Where is it? And Phil goes, well, our show's going to be in St. Louis. Well, fuck that. I ain't going to St. Louis. Yes, he said, and he says, "Say Louis, that's beautiful." Yeah, Yeah, he was like fucking hilarious, dude. Showed me his artwork and and uh, and he was playing jams on there because he played some Devin Townsend. So, dude's obviously into rock and metal. I mean, he liked a lot of different kinds of music though, and he was just a really funny dude though. I mean, the guy was a riot. It was like. I, I got the biggest kick out of him. I thought he was cool. And he even gave me his card because he does artwork and stuff and nice. everything. But he, he was a fucking riot, man. Yeah, so, so we'll, yeah, we'll we, just, we hung we'll, out there. We'll get him on the show and I'll be like, no, no, shut the fuck up. He'd be like, Tell these motherfuckers you. how to make a fucking pizza. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be like, fuck so, your mother. No, he so, wouldn't. Because I would say, I hear Chicago style is the best. Prove me wrong. We hung out there talking to him for a while. We we hung out there talking to him for a while. Then we decided, like I said, we're gonna go listen to go down to Frenchman Street and listen to some jazz and check some stuff out down there. So we're walking around, and I mean, it took us a little while. The first place we came to actually had a blues band going, and they were phenomenal. And Brandon wanted to hang out there, and and we hung out there for a while listening to them and. And uh, I said, man, we're going to get plenty of this a little later. I go, let's go find some jazz. So we moved on down the road. There were some street vendors out. We found a little area where we went in there. Um, There's actually a guy with an old Nintendo hooked up on the street. And I started playing Duck Hunt. (laughs) Killing it. Killing it. So everybody's getting mad. They're like, we're not here to watch you play Duck Hunt. So I had to give up. I was right. Put put yeah, the fucking pistol it. down. Yeah. So so uh, we we leave there and then we went into this place and and um, there was a old school jazz band up there. Man, they had a um, clarinet player, they had a trumpet player, they had a um, uh, they had a tuba player, a piano player. Uh, and then uh, or a drummer, and then yeah, they had like a uh, um, a little uh, like piano player in the back there too. Yeah, and, but uh, we're talking that he, old school New Orleans jazz, not that yes. jazz is guitar driven. That old no, 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 no. Louis Armstrong. Type I, actually, I'm sorry. He he had a get. No, it wasn't a piano player. He had a get. There was a little guitar player back there. But no, they were playing everything. 20s 30s 40s so i took a video of them playing sweet sweet uh sweet georgia brown yeah i I saw that uh they were really good we sat there and just chilled out listening to them for a while it's funny though with me i i appreciated it but i had to force myself to that was really relaxing for me it doesn't affect me the way the blues do though i mean the blues that's that's what i was about to say brother bildo is you should have taken your ass back to the blues bar. And we did, eventually. Oh, can Bushy call it? Yeah. <laughs> Jazz is good, but it's like, okay, you don't have to play those notes, Yngwie. They, they, were, they were really talented, though. We stayed there for a while. That bar was really just good, really chill. And, and, and they did it justice to a lot of them old Louis Anderson songs. I, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. Louis I mean, Anderson. 
You mean Louis Armstrong. Armstrong. Who the fuck's Louis Anderson? Is this a new blue or, or jazz guy? Well, I've you got didn't to know check Louis out. Anderson wasn't just a talented comedian, but he could yeah. fucking play the fuck out yeah. of a fucking trumpet, too. I, I, so, um, so what yeah. you're saying, he's, is he's not funny and picked the worst form of music? <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I man. love jazz. I like Spiral Gyra. But Spiral Gyra is a modern interpretation of that old blues. It's not guitar-driven. And a lot of that blues, or uh, I'm sorry, jazz, is either guitar-driven or piano-driven. And they're missing the orchestral part of jazz. It's so amazing. I'm so glad you guys got to sit on something like that. No, yeah. yeah I mean, the tuba player, he's doing tuba solos. Yeah. I mean, at a bar in the middle of the night, we're watching a guy take take a tuba doing tuba solos and then oh and, and the, also the clarinet player would switch off he had a saxophone too oh not the sax. some songs he would get his sax out mm. so they were really good man. that's awesome and so yeah then then we went back down to the blues bar they were closing up we had some issues there with them trying to because we used credit cards and they were like a two drink minimum or no, i'm sorry 10 Ten dollar minimum on a credit card. Well, they were getting ready to close, so they're like hammer, like hammering on us to get another drink. You well, know, yeah. so we so buy three, and then you go to sit there till you finish your drinks, and that's on them. No, they were throwing us out. Oh, okay. they wouldn't let us stay. I got so, you. so yeah, yeah. I'm not going to buy three drinks and not be able to drink them. And unlike Bourbon Street, where you could just walk into bars drinking something, and then you know drink something else while you're there. On Frenchman Street, they wouldn't let you come in if you had a drink outside drink. So Brandon's pretty hammered at this point. It's his birthday. He wants to go to find another bar. So we found this bar on the corner, like around the corner from Frenchman Street. Sketchy as fuck. I mean, and uh, we go in. There's hardly anybody in there. And Brandon's just like hammering like vodka and... and, uh, (laughs) The, the vodka bl- drinks. He's getting hammered. The blackout Booby, drug. <laughs> they weren't gonna let. They weren't gonna let Mike and Booby in there if they didn't buy a drink. Like oh. some everybody in our group had to buy a drink, and finally they laid off because Booby said, "I can't even drink any more water. My belly is so full. I'm done." <laughs> Mike didn't want to drink anymore. The girls were drinking. Brandon was drinking. I ended up continuing drinking with him, and. Uh, this place See, was so nasty, this is though. where bushy. you needed a bushy. We went into the bathroom. They had a fucking glory hole in the bathroom. Nice. Did you Brandon's try it in out? There. Brandon's in the stall. He's like, Bill. I'm like out at the urinal. He's like, hey, dude, check it out. And I turn around, and he's got his fingers to I said, hey, don't put your finger there. And then, of course, I start singing. I go, honey, I don't want to know who's <laughs> sucking my dick today. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, guys. I probably would have tried it. <laughs> Boy, not there. But, but hey, anyway. Was, blow job ooh, this blow place job, is nasty. Man. Calm dude, down. Dude, <laughs> dude walked in. Dude was like walking out of the bar at one point and he just saw a trash can there and he leaned over and puked in it oh, and wow. he just walked out of the bar. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like, this was like gross New Orleans and Brandon's just 
happy as a you know happy as can be getting fucking hammered and we're all kind of sitting there going fuck this sucks and so <laughs> I, I know why Wazilla lives in that town now do what I said I know why Wazilla lives in that town now so Brandon Ian, and I go I'm coming the there fuck Nashville I'm coming to alcoholic paradise <laughs> <laughs> so Brandon and I end up going to the bar and we're talking to the bartender and, and Brandon wanted to do a shot so we had him make this shot I can't even remember what the fuck it was but anyway, he, he came up with a shot, and we're like, so what time do you guys close? He goes, if this bar is closed in New Orleans, then you need to be leaving town. Oh, shit. He goes, he goes the only time this bar is ever closed is during a hurricane and during COVID shutdown. He oh, goes, wow. other than that, it's open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Oh, that's my kind of place. And I'm like, and and I'm thinking, I'm looking around, and you've got like five people in here. And another weird thing about the fuck this, is, you've what? got this bar that looks kind of derelict, let's be honest, and everybody in there looks derelict, and they're fucking playing like 80s pop over yeah. the fucking, yes. it was so bizarre. It man. sounds like the greatest place fucking ever. It's my favorite part of your whole trip. <laughs> <laughs> I was like It's a stupid dive bar With great 80's pop How expensive were the drinks uh, what, Was it wasn't too bad I don't think There Compared, was another place that had a lot cheaper drinks Yeah okay. I don't know this this place sounds fucking Yeah amazing. where was that Mike where we were drinking for fuck Oh that was the place downtown on Sunday Yeah mm-hmm. so, yeah. so now we're on Monday I mean Monday So now Monday we get up and we're going to the World War II Museum. Nice. You know, we finally drug Brandon out of the shithole bar. And- let me let me interrupt you for a second so that I can say I absolutely thoroughly enjoyed these pictures you guys shared of that World War II Museum. I only oh, wish yeah. I could have been there. You know, the planes, the... Oh, oh, oh man, oh, these, and these actually, pictures I'm were wrong. amazing. I'm looking, I'm looking at the itinerary. We did not... We went to the World War II Museum on Tuesday. I'm right. sorry. Monday, we were out till like four in the morning because Brandon's getting drunk at that bar. We fucking slept <laughs> most of the day <laughs> well, on Monday sure. and met the girls by, down. By the way, Brandon, you you so far have picked the greatest bar yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the four of us go and we meet the girls down at the French Market, and <laughs> we had a. Uh, we had those Cafe Du Monde. Uh, you can buy free. French people. We're not supposed to be allowed yeah. to buy people anymore. <laughs> no, we're down there eating or down there buying souvenirs and stuff. And they have food vendors down there. So Mike and I found a food vendor and it was some Cajun people. They're missing their teeth and dirty as all get out. And they had this little corner spot in the market. And uh, we got frog legs and fried green tomatoes. Oh, my God. Fucking phenomenal. Oh, my man. God. Phenomenal. And I'd never had frog legs. See, I love... It was an adventure for me. I love both of those things. Dude, in New York, New York, and I mean northern New York, up near Canada of all places, you could go to the local northern chain grocery store and you could buy a package of frog legs. No really? shit. Oh, yeah, I've had frog legs a bunch, and, of course, I grew up on fried green tomatoes. 
Oh, what was that experience like for you guys? Oh, it was great. And the, I loved it. Yeah. The, the Cajun guy was cooking. We were getting there towards the end and they were getting ready to close up. And she's like, she, I said, are you sure it's not too late? And she goes, no, we're fine. And she yells back. She goes, we got two orders of fried green tomatoes and two frog legs. And he goes, fuck, real loud. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to fit my food. But I was like, we don't have to stay here. She goes, no, he'll be fine. And she yelled something back, and they're kind of going back and forth, Cajun talk, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he ended up coming out while we were eating, and I was like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I said, and we started, and he was real cool, man. He's like, oh, no, it's, it's good, it's good. And he was sitting there talking to me a little bit. Uh, you know, they had, they had gator bites there, a lot of, just... Just a lot of good Cajun stuff right there in that in that market there, and the French market was really neat. Um, it's it's something that if if I was to go back, I'd like to spend a little bit more time there and eat some of those other places. Um, there's just a lot of vendors down there selling stuff. Um, and like I said, that's where we bought a lot of our our uh, souvenirs, T-shirts, and different things that we brought back with us. That's um, awesome. That's awesome. And then we went to Cafe de Monde. Well, well hold, hold on just a second, Bildo. Oh. I know that Metal Mike said that he liked the frog legs. Love now, them. now, Bill, have you had frog legs before there? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, the, frog legs is something that you get around our area, too, because we're right on the river. Okay, so, you know, so well, then, Mike, why haven't you fucking eaten frog's legs? I don't know. I just never had the opportunity for whatever reason. You know, um, anytime I've said, I've never been in a restaurant that offered frog legs that i can remember because i definitely would have tried it just to see what it was like um but yeah, i've definitely never I, been I in gotta, a restaurant either that served them but i gotta i gotta be honest man um it, it was delicious and i had fried green tomatoes of course you know sure. I mean, both my grandmothers were from missouri southern missouri that is and um <laughs> you know and that's another thing i mess with people when they say you from illinois i'm like southern illinois that is because you know, Chicago's a whole separate state, as that one lady said to you that was the Packer fan, Bill. I love Oh, that. yeah. Yeah, we uh, met her while we were out walking around, and she said I, she said she was from Illinois, and she goes, and I said, oh, we're, and, and she says, she says, I'm from, from southern Illinois. She goes, because, she goes, Chicago's a separate state. <laughs> right on. Right on. Nice. So, oh, yeah, because she said she was a Cardinals fan, a Packers fan, because she said they're there are no sports teams in Illinois. And I said, <laughs> well, what about, and she goes, no, 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 no. Chicago's a separate state. <laughs> and I started laughing. I said, all right, I'm right there with you. Right. So, right. Go so, Bulls. Uh, but yeah, I'd had fried green tomatoes before, because one of the things my grandma used to make for me when I was a kid was fried zucchini. And I love that too. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, Fucking delicious. So the frog's legs, they're great. They're not greasy. They're very lean. They yeah. don't taste like fucking chicken. No, I don't like, they don't. Do they taste like chicken? Huh? No. They do. No. no, they don't taste like chicken, but they're not they're not fishy either. Like I no. think a lot of people are worried that same with gator. Gator is not a fishy, well, no, but they don't taste like chicken. No. 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 That shit annoys me. Because I thought the same thing the first time I had a frog leg. It's like, oh, oh chicken. And I bite it, and it's like, it's delicious. <laughs> but it's not chicken. Now, no. what you had was probably a couple that the night before <laughs> 
was out clomping bullfrogs on the head. Right. <laughs> And so you got some fresh ass frog legs. Yeah, yeah, they were. I bet they were delicious. That's awesome. I think I think that's what makes the difference between you know, like obviously where we live in, in, in Southern Illinois, the Metro East St. Louis area, we do have access to some of that stuff as well, you know, because we, you know, we're next to the Mississippi River. But for a place like New Orleans, man, I mean, they can get all that fresh seafood, you know, essentially. Right. And when the fresher it is, the better it is. A yeah. a, a bullfrog is pond food. It's it, it's not even lake food. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know that. I'm I'm just saying in general, though. You know, plus you throw in the the, the fucking frogs and the alligators and all that stuff. But I'm talking about like their shrimp and their their all that oh, stuff. Blue man. crab, like oh, yeah. blue crab was like, great. Portsmouth, Virginia, is known for its blue crab, dude. Because it's right there on the Chesapeake. So, dude, I, I grew up eating blue crabs, so all those gumbo stories, I've been salivating mm-hmm. the whole time that Mike talk, or, or Bill brought up frog's legs, and oh my god, I'm, I'm about to eat my mic foam, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so now, what happened so, from there? So now we go to Cafe Du Monde, um, and we uh, we eat, eat our beignets, finally, and wasn't that... Okay, hold on, slow down. Yeah. What the fuck is that word? Beignet. Beignet. And what the hell is that? You don't know what a beignet is? No, bitch, I'm American. That's, I'm not French. That's that's a pretty famous thing there in uh in New, New Orleans. Orleans. Especially but, in New Orleans. Famous sign in New Orleans. Yeah, uh, no, 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 no. A beignet. You ever had elephant ears or funnel cakes? Yeah, we called them fried dough up in New York. Similar Similar to what a beignet is. Okay. Very simple. Beignet is kind of like a donut with powdered sugar on it, but it's it, it's like a big airy fried piece of bread and it's covered in powdered sugar, and um, it's I mean it just almost melts in your mouth. Now these ones at Cafe Du Monde weren't as good as we had it. The place we ate breakfast at on Saturday morning, Booby had gotten some, and they were amazing. They were real tender, just melt in your mouth like you're used to. Cafe Du Monde is so busy because it's the original place for the beignet. Okay. Uh, they just have them pre-made in bags and have just thrown a bunch of powdered sugar in there. And you just pull them out and they're, they're probably a little overdone. Um, I mean, they were still good. Don't get me wrong. But sure. I've had better beignets than the ca- Cafe Du Monde. But. It was the experience. You got to go there. They had a, a street guy singing while we were there. He was doing it's a gigantic black man, and he was singing uh, Queen. He sang Bohemian Rhapsody. Then he was singing Michael Jackson. Um, he sang some Sade, and he was hitting these high notes. And we were just sitting there cracking up while we were. I mean, he looked like he beat your ass. And he's out there singing Smooth Operator and Man Mirror. Oh, and he was nailing it, man. Nailing it. That is so, awesome. So at this point, I think it's getting a little later, and um, the girls uh, girls hung out with us a little bit more, but they had to fly out early Tuesday morning. So we walked back with them. They pretty much left right after Cafe de Monde. And, um, so, you know, we said our goodbyes to them, and then we found a little bar um, up the road that we sat in and, and had a had a couple frozen drinks and 
were really good and we were trying to figure out what we we're gonna do we've killed a couple hours and and uh, at this point we decide we need to get a boil in our life you know brandon and mike have never had a boil before um so booby and i are like let's find a boil place so we i'm asking the bartender at this bar a boil tell us about a place uh crawfish boil oh okay okay so we we uh we found a place and went down and uh got on the waiting list and it's you know about eight thirty nine o'clock we're, we're getting in there to eat a eat, eat this shit we we had we found a little bar a little uh craft beer bar down the road went in had a had a beer they had about 85 taps on the wall so got some local beer and hung out there and then we went back and and got our boil on and it was uh all of us got the same one it had crawfish and shrimp mixture with um andouille sausage potatoes and corn on the cob all mixed in together good God. and man was that amazing and we paid the three dollars extra to have them dehead the shrimp because you could you could had had to break your shrimp down all the way from tearing the heads off brandon had one left in his in his plate that had the head on it and that was the craziest thing i ever seen he pulls this shrimp up it's a full shrimp he had to you know devein it he had to do it all and but we paid a little bit extra so we didn't have to deal with that but man it was great so much food we we probably overdid it we were so full when we left that place that wow. we that pretty is... much left there and went home we took some okay. home with us. We never got to eat it. And Mike, what did you think? I mean, it was oh, I loved it. I loved it, man. I thought it was fucking delicious. I mean, it was amazing. Plus, they had the the potatoes and the ears of corn in it. And um, the I never ate like crawfish, you know, just crawfish, you know, uh, before. So that was kind of a challenge for me to figure out how to fucking twist it off and then. You know, basically suck the insides out. And it was good, but the shrimp was amazing, man. Uh, but just the whole experience, it was, it was fucking cool, dude. You know, I, oh, I mean, you, get, tell you. you got a whole mud bug in there. That's what they call them down yeah. mud bug. You know? and so you had a whole thing in there. You got to twist the tail and pull, and then the whole tail comes out. Just like, It's like a mini lobster. And it's got that kind of sweet, awesome taste to it, like a lobster does, too. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. not nearly as much meat. Right. Well, I tell you what, why don't we stop this here, edit. Okay, what I'm going to do is we're going to finish up this part. We're going to keep talking because I want to get all this done tonight. Uh, we're going to close out, Mike, uh, anything to promote, all that stuff. And then we're going to come back in, fuck the news next week. Um, we're just going to come back into the story so we can get through it again. You want to do the World War II Museum real quick? Because then that'll end up in New Orleans, and then we could head on up talk Memphis in a second. No, because I think the I think the new uh, the museum might take a little bit of time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, and uh, we're at just about two hours. And Bill, come on, I got to edit. <laughs> right, so, right, right, right. So we'll make this uh, two parts this way. Okay. If, if that's cool, is that a, you guys yeah, have time? Fine. Can yeah. you stay up? Okay. Man, this this sounds like so much fun. Um, we have to, because of time constraints, bring it to a close here. 
Uh, but we will be back next week to finish up this epic road trip to the Big Easy and then on to Memphis. Man, we have uh, well, we have the World War II Museum coming up in New Orleans, and then we're off to Memphis. Is that right, guys? Yeah. All With right. a pit stop in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm going to Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're, we're going to get out of here. Uh, Metal Mike, anything to promote? Oh, fuck. I, never mind. I ain't got nothing. I got nothing. Not this week. <laughs> Fuck it. All right. I was going to promote something else, but that would apply more to the Memphis. Okay, thing, cool. You know? cool. So, All right. yeah. So, <laughs> I got to figure out how to fix that. That's going to be fun. I'm sorry. No, you're I'm good. Metal Mike, one of the things I love about you is you challenge me. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't know how to take that, booby. <laughs> take it well, because you know you did. Oh, damn. Oh, my. All right. <laughs> All right, Bildo, do you have anything to promote? Nothing that I can think of. I was trying to think if there was anything wise I've been listening to or or anything else. But, uh, no, I don't have anything either, unfortunately. Okay. Well, fuck both of you guys. I do. <laughs> Metal Mike, you know I had to do it. I'm holding in my hand. And, look, I'm going to turn the video on for just a second. Oh, I did. <laughs> Get Sammy Hagar's uh, cocktail hits, and I tell you what, whew, Bushy's gonna be fucked up because challenge accepted. A uh, lot of great pictures of the beverages as they're supposed to look. If you're a chef of alcohol, the way Sammy is, it's got a great forward by uh, Guy Fieri. Uh, it, it's a bartender's bible. Go out and get it. Sammy Hagar's cocktail hits. You could hate that he destroyed quote unquote Van Halen. You could hate that, you know, he lies all the time. You can't deny the motherfucker can make a drink. <laughs> so yeah, Sammy Hagar's cocktail hits just came out. You can get it on Amazon. You know what? I got something to promote. Oh, all now you got something, shows. bitch. Yeah, yeah. All the amazing shows on that metalstation.com. Nice. All the amazing DJs. Check it out, man. Check, always check out TMS. Oh, the yeah. best online radio station. Right. Ever. Especially on Saturdays from 10 to 1. Especially Friday nights. <laughs> Even more so. All right, let's get out of here. Metal Mike, final thoughts? Keep fighting the good fight, ladies and gentlemen, and stay metal to your dying breath. Nice. Bill, final thoughts? Thanks for having me on, guys. This has been a blast, and you know, I'm ready to, to talk more about this epic vacation. Best one I've ever been on. I mean, Big Easy was everything you could imagine. And, and uh, you know, Memphis, the music history there is phenomenal as always also. Oh, man. I, I'm so happy you came on, brother. Uh, it was completely unexpected. In fact, I didn't even think I was recording tonight. I thought it was <laughs> tomorrow night. But no, it, it's just a lot of fun, and I can't wait to have you back next week to finish up this story, man. Uh, buy vinyl. We'll see you next time. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it, too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Because now it's time to go. But hey... I say, well, that's okay, cause we'll see you very soon, I know, very soon, I know. What the
fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on The Plug. See you next week.